You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Wrapping up the Who is God series. It has been so fun, so good so far. We talked about God as our Father two weeks ago. Last week, we talked about God as the Son, and tonight, we are talking about God the Holy Spirit. And I think you are going to have an extended amount of time in small groups. Um, Bailey, our amazing intern, is going to share one idea with you, and then you're going to head into small groups to talk about part two of that. So it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I am so excited Bailey's here to speak. Can you guys give a huge HSM welcome to Bailey? Hello. Hey guys! So obviously I'm Bailey, and many of you know me already, but if you don't, I'm just going to share three facts about myself so that you know me a little better. So one, like he said, I'm the student ministries intern, so I'm here a lot, so come talk to me, ask me questions, it's fun. Number two, my favorite food is acai bowls. Does anybody else eat those? Okay, I have a couple friends in the crowd. Thank you. And the last one is that when I was growing up, I never didn't have a crush on someone. Like, there was always someone. And if I didn't have one, I would just be like, oh, you're kind of cute. So, like, I kind of like you. Like, literally all the time, I had to have someone that I liked. But I don't know about you, but I would also get the worst advice about people I was crushing on. And I would stupidly ask my friends for advice. And this didn't just start like in middle school or high school. This started way earlier. And I was like, as I was thinking about this message and kind of advice and counseling and all that stuff, I thought about the first time that I could remember getting really, really bad advice. And that was actually in third grade when I liked this boy named Michael. And In third grade, you throw things at each other to tell them that you like them. Apparently, that's what I was told. So he threw rocks at me all the time and like try to like throw them down my shirt or like do something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I like him. What do I do? So I asked my friends and they were like, oh, you obviously throw a rock at his face. Like, (laughs) duh. And so I was like, oh, you're right. So I like turned around, hit him in the face. He started crying. So he goes, tells on me, we go to the principal's office, and I try to explain the logic of me throwing a rock at his face, and even when I was saying it, I was like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. Um, so needless to say, I got in trouble, and Michael no longer liked me, so I had to move on from that one. So, but honestly, I still get really bad advice today, and I think we all do. And some of it we take, some of it we know right away that it's terrible advice. But a lot of the times, you don't know it's bad until you do it, and then it's like a complete blowout. And everything falls apart, and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't ask this person again what I should do. But the coolest thing about God and his spirit is that 
When we go to ask him for advice or counsel or something, we don't have to tell him the background story because he already knows. With other people, they just hear whatever you tell them and then they give you advice based on that and that's usually why it's awful advice because they just know your side of the story when you're upset and things are just messy on your side but they have no idea what's actually going on. But with God, you don't have to tell him anything. You don't have to give this elaborate backstory of why you threw the rock at his face. He knows. He's like, she's in third grade. We'll give her a break. She does those kind of things sometimes. But he knows us. And his spirit knows every single part of us and every single part of the situations that we go through. And that's honestly one of the coolest things that I love is like I don't have to think of God is this person that I need to go to therapy and sit down and tell him all these things and be like, okay, what should I do now? Like every second of the day, he's like, you should probably not do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, then I won't. But I don't want you guys to just trust me on that. I really want to dig into God's word with you guys today and see why we can even trust his spirit and why he's given us his spirit. So we're going to start in um, John 16, verse 7 where it says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, and other versions here say comforter or counselor, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me about righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about righteousness, because, just kidding, and about judgment, because the prince of the world now stands condemned. So because Jesus died and went to heaven, and, or, and rose again and went to heaven, we were given this Holy Spirit to be our counselor from the inside. If Jesus had not done that, of being on the cross and being condemned and rising again after he um, had been killed, then we wouldn't have been forgiven for our sins and we wouldn't have the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit in us today. But he did. And now we don't have to go to a physical person. Back then they had to kind of find where Jesus was and travel to him and listen to what he was saying and figure out what to do and try to ask him for help. But now we have access to that every single day because we have his spirit within us. At any point of the day, we can call on him because the spirit's deepest desire is to show us the truth and to transform us into the best versions of ourselves. But the Holy Spirit is not just in the special experiences and the crazy miracles that we experience sometimes. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'll go to church so then I can really experience the Holy Spirit. Or I really experience it when I'm at a cool worship night or when I go to a Hillsong conference or when I see miraculous healing happen. But actually, whether we know it or not, the Holy Spirit is working in us every single day to do tiny miracles every single day to transform us more and more into the image of who Jesus was and is. The Holy Spirit helps us to reject our old sinful desires and instead be transformed daily 
to look more like Jesus. And if we look back at verse 7, it does not say an advocator or one advocator. It says the advocator. Because the Holy Spirit is the only advocator, the only counselor, the only comforter that can actually do anything. People can help us. People can help to lead us on the right path and lead us towards Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is the one that is working on the inside that can actually do the work in your heart to transform you and to transform your situations. So the verse continues with verse 12, saying, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the usage of the word into here, saying into all truth, implies that the Holy Spirit's not going to drop a bomb of truth on us and say, this is your perfect purpose, this is God's entire plan for the world, this is when you're going to die, this is who you're going to marry, this is what's going to happen. Because I think, or I know, that every single one of us would be so overwhelmed. Like, I can't even think about, like, what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, that's even overwhelming thinking. Like, imagine God just, like, giving you all this truth and being like, there you go, have a good life, <laughs> like, have fun. But he doesn't do this. The Holy Spirit is there because he wants to be on the journey of discovering the truth with us and pushing us in the direction of truth every single step of the way. It's not just a one and done thing because we wouldn't be able to bear the truth. Back in verse 12, it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Jesus knows how much we can bear and how much we can't. So he knows when we can learn things. He knows when we're ready for certain truths. And I don't think any of us are going to, or I know, that none of us are going to go into heaven being like, well, I know all the truth now, so I'm good. I don't have any questions for God. Because I have so many. Like, the second I get to God, I'm going to be like, what just happened? I have so many questions. Like, can we, like, have coffee and talk about this, please? Because I'm confused. And I think all of us would. Because there's so much truth, and there's so much to learn. But the question is, how? How are we continually transformed by the Spirit? And this is through conviction. And I know that can be a really scary word. But the Spirit within us convicts us by showing the world this, what sin is, what righteousness is, and what judgment is. Because we have learned such an inaccurate version of what those things are, of what sin is, about judgment, about righteousness. We have no idea what those really are. And so it's the Holy Spirit's job in us to guide us towards that, to know those things and to know what they mean to God, not to this world. Conviction is not shame, and it's not guilt, and it's not supposed to be that. But it is showing someone their sin and summoning them to repentance. I think one huge myth about conviction is that it's a really bad thing. Because it can be scary thinking about conviction. But it is actually meant to draw us nearer and nearer to Jesus 
and to the word of God by revealing things to us so that we can live better and so that we can glorify God. For the longest time when I first became Christian, which was actually three years ago tomorrow, it's like my baptism anniversary, so that's fun. But for the longest time, for like probably a year and a half of me just becoming Christian, I was so scared of the word conviction and what that meant. And I just felt so guilty all the time. Like every time I would like tell a little white lie or I would have a sip of something or I would like scream at my mom because she's being irritating. Every time I would do it, I feel so convicted, but it would lead me to feel so guilty and so shameful because I wasn't perfect enough. But as I started to mature and learn about what this meant to God and walking with Jesus, I realized that it's in these moments to him as the example, and I'm trying my hardest to call on the Holy Spirit and be better every single day and to be more like Jesus, then that's as perfect as I can be as a human. But the Spirit is always, always advocating for us. Its main goal is is not to make us feel terrible about what we're doing because that would push us away from God. Instead, it's to lead us into truth. And as we allow God as counselor to guide us, the Holy Spirit continually will rid our lives of the sin that we have in our lives and have in this world, and it will display his fruit instead. And the fruits of his spirit are love and joy and peace and forbearance and forgiveness and goodness and self-control and gentleness. These are the fruits that God wants so badly to develop in us, to build our character to be more like Jesus. And these fruits that he wants to develop are not for our selfish desires or just so that he can do what he wants. It's because he wants you to be every single thing that he created you to be, and he wants to use the transformation in you and in your heart to spread his word and to show other people who Jesus is. So in your small groups today, you guys are going to be reading through Galatians 5, 16 through 23, and this is where it lists out all the fruits of the Spirit And it also lists out the acts of the flesh. So these are our natural inclinations to honestly just be so dumb. (laughs) Like, it lists out all the ways that humans are just so wrong. But having these comparisons is so good because we're able to see what a life with God really looks like. So I encourage you guys today to really use this extra time in your groups to talk about this to read through these lists and pray about it and to let the Holy Spirit convict you and encourage you. Conviction means that we get an opportunity to change and be more like Jesus. The Spirit wants so badly to transform you and God wants to be our counselor. So let's invite him to do that today. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much uh, for this time together, God, for this night, Lord. And God, I thank you for every single person in this room, Lord. I thank you that you brought them here, God, and that you are working in their hearts and in their lives, God. And 
Lord, I pray that you convict each and every one of us right now, God, and, to, and that you just draw us nearer to you and to your heart and to the person and the people that you're creating us to be, Lord. God, I pray that you just speak to us right now, Lord, and you take this time in small groups, Lord, to um, continue this message, God, um, and to put certain things on people's hearts, Lord, um, to grow them and mature them, Lord. God, we thank you for this time, Lord. We give it to you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.